Welcome back to the White Coat Club. My name is Lindsay and I'm one of the counselors at Moon Prep. And today I have my fellow counselor, Nicole, with me. We're going to be talking about what seniors should expect for the 2023 to 2024 BSMD cycle. Now, if you like what you hear, don't forget to like and subscribe to get more great content, content about BSMD and medical school programs. So Nicole, do you want to kick us off? Um, let's talk a little bit first about essays because that's probably what's on most of our students' minds. Any new or unique essays that you're seeing for this cycle? Yeah, essays are definitely on the forefront of students' brains right now, just trying to get everything done before those deadlines that are right around the corner. Usually we do a really good job of being able to kind of um, have a plan for essays in advance, you know, but we never know what's going to happen each year. And when things get released, we did see a few new essays this year um, that we hadn't seen before. So Brown had anyone this year. Um Students entering Brown often find that making their home on College Hill naturally invites reflection on where they came from. So this essay is a little bit about um, reflecting on an aspect of their life growing up, how it's inspired them or challenged them, and then what unique contributions could this allow them to bring to the Brown community. It's still one of their short prompts, um, two to 250 word count, but that's definitely not one that we had seen. It is similar to other schools um, that we have seen in the past, but definitely new um, to Brown this year. Um, another new one that we saw is that Drexel has an optional school. Um, why this school prompt? Um, so just why Drexel, not why the program, um, which I am having a majority of my students, if not all of my students, write. Um, we've said this before, you know, when something is optional, there's a few outliers, but typically it means that it's really not optional. Um, so those are the two um, kind of main ones that stand out when we're talking about new or different essays this year. Yeah, I'm trying to think of any other ones. I haven't seen a ton. And of course, there are still a lot to come that will get released later on. Um, and some programs haven't even really opened up their their applications yet. So exactly. Definitely more. Yeah. You know, I always think about Hofstra where, you know, you're not going to get that essay prompt until, you know, end of December. So mm -hmm. you know what they typically do. We're not sure if they'll do the same. I don't even know if they've maybe decided yet. So yeah, it seems like schools are a little slower this year on waking up and making these like big decisions. So a lot of news that we'll get into kind of at the end of the podcast, I think, you know, talking about some of those changes for the cycle, but mm -hmm. programs, but yeah, it does seem like a lot, a lot is kind of shuffles around a little bit. Keeping everyone on their toes for sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I guess these two kind of next kind of points go hand in hand with like the average number of programs students are applying to, which will then relate to like the average number of students or sorry, average number of essays that the students have. Yeah. I think right now my max, my highest number of essays that I have a list for, for a specific particular student is 110. And this student's applying to about 20 four um programs and and they're doing specifically bsmds um i have kind of range this year and i've seen a range in the past but i have students in the 40s when it comes down to schools in general college lists um and i have do you have some kids who are doing 28 i think the highest is 28 bsmd programs no do are even on that list um which is probably one of the highest I've seen of just BSMD. I think the majority of my students though is more like 25 and then usually like 
five DO programs um, Mm -hmm. with like 20 MD programs and then like an additional five of just other schools, just traditional schools. But I do try to be really mindful. I know we talked about this on the college list um, podcast a couple weeks ago about, you know, keeping the schools that will be act as like a dual school for you that you'd be excited to go to for undergrad as well. So um, that's typically the norm for the, for me that I'm seeing this year. Yeah. And I have some kids who are like that too. And then definitely some that are just, I think, nervous about like how competitive everything is. And so, yeah, I have a couple of kids who I, I should have looked up the exact count, but it's like 30 plus plus schools. And then I have one girl who's, I think doing in addition to 30, like traditional schools, she's doing like, I think like 10 PSDO schools as well, which is like mm-hmm. pretty much unheard of. I I'm kind of the same as you be anywhere from like two to five, one to five BSDO schools. But I feel like a lot more kids are applying to a lot more DO mm-hmm. schools here. Um, a lot more interest like in the LECOM and the NOVA programs and the um, NYAT programs too, and MSU, just kind of all of them. Um, and then I I have one that one girl too, who's doing like 10 to 15 traditional on top of it, like her IVs and like kind of your adjacent yeah. type schools. And so her list list is kind of getting massive. And that means just a lot of essays where a lot of my kids are like in the, I would say like, yeah, kind of the same as you, Nicole, 60 to hundred, some that have less, um, mm-hmm. and I have one girl, I think who's like hovering in like the 150 range. Wow. Um, and then I know some of my essay coach kids, they've got even bigger. Some of them have really big lists. Um, and just like, don't, don't really want to cut them down. And mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely a lot of work. And so as we're kind of prioritizing deadlines, it's like, okay, well, out of like your list, here are the ones that we absolutely want to get to. And then if you have time, like we're going to go for this one, but they're just sometimes you know, I'd rather comprom- not compromise on like the quality on essays and do less programs, even if it's less than what you planned and ha- put out like, you know, 10 really great applications and 14 kind of all subpar ones. So that's what we're kind of working with right now. Cause deadlines are literally right around the corner. Exactly. I've had that conversation with so many students I feel like right now, you know, with the changes that we're seeing and with the cancellations of programs, the kids are wanting to add more schools. I think just because A, they had those on their list, especially for a lot of uh, the New York programs. Um, They're saying, I want to add more, but they also want to add even more because, you know, now everyone is going to be doing similar things. So if all these schools were cut for all of these applicants, where are they going to start to apply? And, you know, how's that going to be? How's it going to impact me? Um, But then the exact same thing you know, do we need to add 10 more? Cause what's the quality, 10 more schools? Like what's the quality that that's going to have versus if we just choose five, you have, you know, double the amount of time to work on them. If, you know, versus if you do all 10 that you're adding. So it's a lot, it's definitely a lot. And now today is September 5th and all the kids are back in school. <laughs> so I know in the Northeast, they all started today. So now I think it's really going to be some decision times. I had a couple of kids this past weekend who didn't start school till today. So they were getting a lot done over the weekend and really, you know, wanting to get things done at the last minute and having this grand plan. But then the kids that have already been in school for a couple of weeks um, are kind of realizing it's maybe we should take some schools off because I'm back at school now and there's a lot to juggle. There's a lot to do. Yeah. I had one girl last year or two years ago now, I can't remember. 
um, I think she was my record. She played to 67 schools um, and she had a lot of parental support. Like she wrote 100% of her essays um, and she really did spend a lot of time doing it. But her dad like spent a lot of time helping her too. He would, he would do the actual like applying of the programs for her. And then he would be the one who would like check the portals for her and just make sure that all the information was on track and just like keep track of everything. So if they needed something or something was missing, you know, he would be helping her with that. And he was like, I'm literally spending like hours every day, you know, just keeping track. I mean, I have kids who spent over probably close to 20 hours this weekend alone. Oh, I believe it. Working on this. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And there's still so much to do. <laughs> there's still so much to do. So yeah. and you really have to, you know, just just really think about, you know, what you want. It's so easy to just start throwing things in last minute, but mm-hmm. yeah. When you look at the essays, it's definitely we don't want to rush them. Uh-huh. And just the act of applying takes a long time too. Like I had a couple kids a few years ago now who I was like on the call with them until like 11 50 like seven as they're like frantically trying to enter in their credit card and review all the like mm-hmm. things it doesn't take just like two minutes to apply yeah. to college. it takes time so um even once you have the essays done like do not do not put it off to 11 55 yeah uh, oh yeah I think this happens every year there's yeah. always a few who are barely getting it in it's so stressful so and we say this every year, but like things happen, mm-hmm. there's storms, people lose power, you know, you drop something on your computer, like, <laughs> yeah. Or the call, the common app crashes. Like there's, there's so many things, like so many other kids are doing it. Um, so yeah, don't, don't put things exactly. off. Yeah. And to that end too, I guess we can like kind of transition to talking about deadlines in general and they'll be kind of dancing around it. Um, because deadlines are, are right here. Penn State's going to be 10-10, UPIT, Stony Brook, or 10-15. So many are going to be November 1st. Like a lot of the New Jersey medical schools are November 1st. Um, I feel like a lot of them pri- in prior years were, I feel like probably most were November 1st, but I feel like it was like a 60-40 split between the 15th. Mm-hmm. This year, there's no one on the 15th. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of them were like the SUNY Upstate schools, which are kind of in flux um, at the time of recording at least. And so... Um, I feel like those are a lot of the 10 or 11, 15. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't really have a ton of 10, 15s either, or, oh my gosh, 11, 15 November. I don't have a lot of November 15th deadlines, um, Me neither. George Washington. And that's, that's really the only one I can think of off the top of my head. Um, cause VCU used to be the 15th a few years ago and they they pushed up to the first. And so I think that that's a lot of what schools are doing is they're kind of pushing up to give maybe them more time to review all the applications too. Yeah. I hope that it's maybe, be, maybe that means they'll get answers sooner. Cause I mean, this is the struggle that we feel like every end of March, it's still, students are still waiting for answers and it's, you know, really getting to be crunch time of decision day. So maybe the two weeks will make a difference. I hope so. So, so I always tell like, especially new clients and honestly, like all my new students, I'm like, this is both like a marathon and a sprint. You're sprinting (laughs) to get everything done, but then you have to wait, 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 wait. And then sprint to do like the next step and then wait, wait, wait. Um, it takes a long time. It is, it is your entire senior year and you won't have answers usually. Um, I didn't find out until like April 20th, some years, um, some kids who you get like deferred or something like yes. you could, yeah, like the day before. 
Oh yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Some kids who found out, yeah, who are on the wait list for programs and actually did get mm-hmm. off the list and they weren't finding out until after May 1st by far. Yeah. And they, and then they only have like a day or two to really make a choice, which is always crazy to me too. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's, it's an intense, intense eight months or however long the process is really depending on when you start it. And like, that kind of brings us into like our next point of like, it's hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. They need everything. They expect you to have everything done by these deadlines. So a lot of these these programs want all of your supplemental information done by that deadline too. So not just your, um, you know, actual application, but like your transcripts and your letters of rec and, you know, really staying on top of what that means for you and your responsibilities is key. We've talked about, you know, just a few minutes ago, kids are staying up till 1159, you know, sending it in, but I worked at multiple high schools in the last decade. Um, I would not send transcripts or things like that. A lot of times it's against like school policy to send transcripts or send letters to schools that kids haven't even actually applied to yet. So if it's Friday and the first is on a Monday, you know, and you're saying, I'm going to submit this weekend. Can you please send my stuff? You know, I don't, it's usually not the way that that's going to go. Usually the counselors are not going to send the information until they have confirmation that you've applied. And especially if you're using Naviance and it's connected to your comment account, like they can't send it unless it indicates to them that you've applied. So when we're talking about these deadlines of, you know, 10, 15, realistically, you need to have applied seven business days before that. Yeah. Uh, Especially those ones who need letters of recommendation by the deadline too. It goes mm-hmm. to email could go to spam. These people could be really busy. Um, they could be inundated with other requests too from students. So you need to give them that time if you're doing it that night and expecting them to, to be submitting it too. Cause a lot of times they won't even get the, like, of course, like when you're applying on the common app, you can request it beforehand. It will be mm-hmm. linked, but there are some programs, for example, like Nova, um, VCU, you have to input the recommender's email for them to like get the request sent to their email directly. And then they'll be emailing it to the program directly. And they don't get that email request until you submit it. And so if you're submitting at 11, even if you're submitting it on November 1st, even if it's like in the morning, there's no guarantee they're going to see that email by that evening. Um, Even if they have it written, like it just, you have to make sure you give these, these people time to, to do what they need to do as well. So it's not just on you. Unfortunately for BSMD, a lot of the times it is, um, but there's so many pieces, which is a yeah. little anxiety inducing. And like sending scores too, like that's pretty direct. It's it's like pretty immediate, but it's just another thing you can't forget to do. There's yeah. so many steps, just making sure whatever system you have, if it's a spreadsheet, I think it's kind of what most kids that I work with use, just making sure, you know, you're on top of it. Everything else has kind of got to go to the wayside for right now. It is a lot. It is a lot of moving pieces. And so you know, whenever you do apply, that's like why it's always nice to apply beforehand because um, like if you apply a week or two or even earlier before the deadline, they'll give you access to your portal. You'll get like a little checklist and it'll show to make sure that you got all that material in on time. And so and that they got Yes, ex- exactly. Because things get lost. Um, things could take longer. Like everyone else is sending a ton of material at this point. Mm-hmm. So there's just no guarantees. No, I, you know, we're talking about these deadlines, like in your head, make it five days, 10 days in advance. I'd rather put the work in now and really just make sure we're in early, but kind of, you know, I think we're talking a lot about the deadlines, the deadlines, but now once we get to the deadlines and the deadlines have passed kind of now what, you know, what next? 
I think it's a lot of want to kind of focus on. And it does vary from school to school. So, you know, for some schools like Brown, Case Western, Penn State, you know, you're applying to their program. You're, um, you know, with your common app. So kind of like everything is all in one. Um, But we kind of alluded to this earlier with Hofstra, UPIT. They're sending supplemental essays later on. Um, So it is important that, you know, once you apply, you, you know, are still checking your email. You're still kind of keeping up to date Mm -hmm. with, um, with your deadlines, with, with kind of all the next steps of the process, because they'll be sending you supplemental material potentially if they like your application of uh, more essays to do. So just kind of keep your eye on the inbox um, to make sure that you're not missing any of like those next steps. Cause I would say like, you know, those could come anywhere as early as I think like UPIT will send them in. Is it November? They usually send it. I think so. Yeah. And then TC and J typically will send them to you. Like, you know, if you apply early, you'll get them early. And mm-hmm. then um, they're due within like two weeks of getting them or by like yeah. December 7th, whichever one comes first. And so, um, you know, you just want to make sure that you're not, you're not missing anything. Yeah. Checking the portals is going to be one of like the number one things and even making sure that you got the email for the portal, you know, yeah. sometimes those even go into spam or um, I know like if you use Gmail, sometimes it breaks things down to like promotions mm-hmm. where they might be batched in there. So you know, really just making sure you're staying on top of it. If you've applied to a school, you know, within 48 hour business hours, you should be making sure you have an email from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's those, those little basic things that that could fall to the wayside and then be the difference between an acceptance and, and not. And then you get called for interviews. <laughs> interviews are next. Um, I feel like it's kind of slow, you know, between like 11.15 and like 12.15 feel like a lot of panic starts to ensue because we're really kind of done with supplementals at this point. Maybe there's a few, you know, we're probably planning for our regular decision schools, but we've definitely probably already drafted a lot of those essays, if not are done with them. But as far as like BSMD, there's really not much happening. And I think a lot of kids start to panic about like when they should be getting their interview, um, like invitations and kind of things like that. Yeah, I, f- I feel like in December, there's like a very few schools that will do like an initial phone interview. Like I, f- I feel like the New Jersey medical schools have, at least in the years past, done like a, a quick little like phone screening or maybe like an honors college interview in, in maybe December. Um, and then that, that other than that, you're kind of just waiting until like January, February, and then even March where you're getting your interview requests. Um, to Penn State. invited students early last year. I feel like it was around Thanksgiving that they sent them out. And I'm curious if this is going to be more of the trend. Um, You know, like a couple of years ago, I said kids were getting interviews like within two days of the interview because it was all virtual. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping maybe this year, if a lot more in person, they, the good news of that is they have to invite kids sooner. Yes, exactly. So potentially, that means that you'll get invitations sooner, like in December for January. Um, Cause they have to give you time to travel and like make those arrangements. Whereas like, you know, two years ago and even the year before that, I feel like kids are getting interviews literally within days, mm-hmm. like invitations literally within days of the interview. Yeah. I would agree with that. And kind of like a, you, if you can come great, if you can't come kind of too bad, a few schools are like that. So it kind of does vary. Sometimes you do get to like pick, um, but if you're not quick about 
opening that email too, you could have really no options because all the other, you know, interview slots have been taken by other kids who open the email faster. So that's another, another cause for checking your email every single day. Um, cause, cause things will come via email. They're not going to call you. They're not going to text you. If you yeah. miss the interview request, it's like, that is on, that's on you. Um, it's not going to go to your parents as well. It's only going to go to you. Um, you yeah. know, our counselors, we don't, we don't know when the interview requests are coming either. Cause they do come out a lot of times like on a rolling basis. So even if like your friend heard back and you haven't heard back, it doesn't mean anything. Like you could still get they come in stages sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause they can't interview everyone all at once. And so that's like the important thing to remember. It's like, we won't know. Um, so you need to be checking and your spam every single mm-hmm. day. I did get this question um, from a parent. So I think it's a good, while we're on the topic, I'll answer it on here too, in case anyone else is thinking it. I did get a parent, you know, who's asking, well, what if we're traveling for like the Christmas holiday? Like, is that, a, is that a risk? Should we not travel? Because we might have to like at the drop of a hat, go travel or, or do an interview. Um, most universities are completely closed. So during that time, so like most will close like the Friday before like the Christmas holiday, wherever, whatever that lies on and will be closed like through the week. And like sometimes even through the new year, mm-hmm. um, admissions will be there the week in between like that Christmas and new year's week. So like, again, looking at the calendar, um, you know, just kind of looking and, and seeing when that all lies, um, you know, universities are closed and they will very much have those like hours on their website for when they're closed and their offices are not open. So you won't be expected to have like an interview during that time. I don't think I've ever had a student have an interview like in that late December Christmas holiday week. Yeah. Like even I would say like the, the 20th through even like the first week in January, I remember I had like a, a, a girl had like a Nova Southeastern interview. I think it was like January 6th or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and that's the like earliest I can really ever think of, but yeah, never, never over like the holiday season. Yeah, like you're good to travel. Like I'm looking at the calendar now. You're absolutely good to travel from like the 23rd through the first, mm-hmm. like it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you can check your emails, but they wouldn't, they, you should probably have another emails. The only emails that should be coming are like automated ones at that point. Yeah. Uh, you shouldn't be getting anything specific. So I think a lot of kids are home from school and they start to panic. I haven't heard anything. I haven't heard anything. They are closed and like campus completely shuts down. So I also worked at a university for a year or two. Um, I guess it was two years, like during that cycle. Um, And like everyone's home. (laughs) So don't worry. Exactly. And that's an important thing to remember too. It's like, if you have like a last minute question about your application, Mm -hmm. like I think, is it Sophie Davis? That's like, um, deadline is like the December 30th or something insane. Yeah. Your teacher is not going to be sending your transcript on December 30th. Like they are home too. Like they are not checking their emails. So you need to make sure you get your ducks in a line beforehand as well. And if you're trying to apply to like these January 1st deadlines and you have a question about the application, you can't email the college and ask them. No, they won't respond. They're not going to respond. Yeah. <laughs> you can call. They're not going to pick up. Or if someone who is there, maybe they won't have an answer. I don't know if anyone even will pick up, but usually they're closed, I would think. So, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of true for right now, even like as we're entering into like deadline season, they're, they're getting inundated with questions, with emails, with phone calls. So you could send them an email and it could take them, you know, a whole week to get back to you. So kind of plan, plan accordingly. If you call, um, 
you can leave a message um, every single day for a week and they still, you know, are just so far behind and everything. So kind of build that into your, your timeline too. just make sure that you're not expecting a same day response. Yeah. And that's like the other thing, you know, we try to teach etiquette with a lot of our students as we go through this process. If you email someone and they don't respond and it's a Saturday and they haven't responded to you by Sunday night, you email them again. That's, that's inappropriate. You know, like you're, you have to think in the mindset of these people are working business hours, you know, Monday through Friday, making sure you're giving them like time to answer before you shoot back a second email, like following up with them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. you wouldn't know, you know, you wouldn't think about these things. Um, I think also a lot of our students were doing virtual school and virtual school kind of blurred the lines of when you're in school and when you're home and now with technology and you can email teachers and, you know, all that stuff that you just weren't able to do years ago. Um, and like the instant gratification that comes with that, but these schools and these businesses are still very much working during business hours. So yeah. just be very mindful of that. Yeah. And they have a lot to get through too. Yes. Especially like these BSMD programs, like they're, they're a lot of times a much smaller team. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it might be just a few people going through applications. They might be going like have a, a team, a, a small little team. And they might be getting hundreds, if not thousands of applications. And, you know, they, they're, they're doing the best they can. Yes. Okay. And I know we kind of touched on this too, um, about like in-person or virtual interviews. Um, it's so hard to say, I feel like there's such pros and cons to virtual slash or in-person interviews. And you kind of touched on a little bit before Nicole too, about in-person, you have to get a little bit more like leeway on, or like, um, lead time, I guess I should say on, on the interviews. Cause you have to arrange flight times. Um, but then the disadvantage is usually a parent has to accompany them because, you know, mm-hmm. all- years old, they can't, or they're not flying by themselves. Um, and you know, parents have to take off time off work, but then another huge advantage is a lot of the times these kids haven't gone to visit, you know, every single BSMD school on their list. And so it gives them a chance to see the campus and just make sure it's also the right place for them. Not just that this place will take them, but they're going to be happy there. So virtually really hard to have that, that feeling about a school. Cause you know, they, a lot of times will give a little presentation, or you're at least talking to someone about the campus, but it's, it's just not going to be the same. No, I think a lot of kids like prefer virtual interviews, mm-hmm. but I think in person are so much better. I know there's pros and cons to both, but yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I mean, I do agree that the virtual is at least easier in the moment, but yeah, if you get into multiple programs or even like, you know, your top traditional school and a, a BSMD program, you're probably going to have to make that trip out there anyway to visit um, just to make sure that everything everything is, is the right fit for you. So it's just hard to say. Yeah. And I, I really am bad at speculating whether or not things are going to be virtual or in person. I feel like a lot of med school interviews, I think this year are, are still virtual. So my guess is they likely will still be trending towards virtual unless you kind of are close or they're like an in-state only kind of school. Mm-hmm. Um, then I feel like they might do in person just because it's easier for everyone to get there. But I, yeah, I have no clue to be honest. I'm curious if they'll take like any of the data from like the last couple of years classes and see like if there's a difference in performance from students and if those interviews are in person or virtually. Yeah, that would be interesting. Or like, you know, a difference in like the number of students they extend the offer to and that ultimately Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. ultimately come like their yield yeah that would be interesting i'm sure they're looking at all of that kind of stuff and yeah and then i also feel like depending on how bad like the cold and flu season this year would be like could know. could also be a factor yes. you know yeah. i think there's a lot of things that go into it yeah completely agree yeah hard to say and they're definitely- and i think also some of it like might not even be that department's decision yeah that's a good point and that's kind of leads us to our next point too, about like kind of who will these interviews be? Cause it's yeah very from place to place. Sometimes it is with like the undergrad with like a medical school representative. Sometimes it's just with like the medical school representatives. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's with like a medical school. Like I've had kids do it, which is like kind of community members too. Like, well, they'll have multiple interviews. And sometimes one of them is just like, um, maybe a nurse who works at like in the area or with like people with the faculty. Like I've definitely had that before. Um, it could be a I've had other student interviews. Like, oh yeah. Student interviews. That's a good one. Yeah. And then sometimes it's like dual, you know, mm-hmm. like they'll, you're just interviewing with the undergraduate program and then they'll pass you on. Um, and like a second interview would be with the actual medical school. Yeah. So it can really be anything. And like odds are you're going to see a few different types. So Mm-hmm. preparing for all, any anyone to be there and then preparing for the different types of interviews whether it's an MMI a traditional or kind of a hybrid mm-hmm. yeah yes definitely be prepared to talk about your resume kind of have an understanding of like your ethical stance on things too and just like have an overarching view of like the medical care system and like at least some like hot mm-hmm. issues I would say you obviously don't need to know everything but um we have had kids kind of ask you know, like what's an issue in like the healthcare system they would want to fix or something like that. Or, you know, Mm -hmm. might ask about something kind of specific to the area. So having, having at least like higher level knowledge of like the healthcare system, I think could help too. Yeah. I think that's another reason like why I kind of like in-person interviews is because you're there. It's just so much easier to kind of ask questions and, you know, yeah, have input and like have that conversation with the interviewers if you're there yeah and like you've seen it and you're on campus yeah because that happens a lot where students you you know if they have any questions for them at the end and sometimes when you're virtual it's kind of hard to make connections that would you know Mm -hmm. be meaningful questions to ask back but yeah yeah at least you should always know who it is and so doing a little bit of like google search beforehand to figure out what's going to be relevant um Cause I remember I had one student like last year who was interviewing with like a, someone in the medical school and all of their questions were related to like the undergrad. And it's like, well, they're not going to know about, especially cause I think it was like with SUNY upstate or something along those lines. They're not going to know about specific things about purchase if they're from the medical school. Um, and even if it is like for um, university of Illinois, Chicago's like medical school versus their undergrad, they might not have anything to do with the, the undergrad if they're in the medical school kind of range. So yeah, doing some research and coming up with those, trying to come up with the relevant questions that they'll be able to answer is kind of key. Yeah. Anything else about interviews? Um, I know a lot of kids will ask like when to prepare, um, you know, typically turn that kind of downtime in late November, early December is when a lot of students will plan to start prepping just because if it is virtual in January or February, you, you are kind of having like that fast turnaround time. Also, kids are typically doing like either midterms or finals around that time too. So kind of planning everything all at once. Um, And then we did also uh, one of our first podcast episodes. I think it was actually the first one was all about the MMI interview. So 
we don't need, I know we're not going to delve too much about all those details, but we definitely have in the past. Um, so we definitely check that one out. Maybe you haven't already. Yes. Yeah. Cause that could be something that you could encounter not a, and, and something that kids will ask too. Well, I know what type of interview it is beforehand. You, they'll always tell you it's MMI before. And then they usually give you like a little overview of it beforehand too. Um, just cause it is confusing. Um, mm-hmm. for students, they've never encountered anything like that. So there's never going to be like a surprise MMI interview. I don't know what to expect. Yeah. As long as you read your emails, <laughs> so read your emails and you should be fine. We can't stress that enough. Yes. <laughs> Text me. And, and going back to interviews too, one of my horror stories, I want to say it was like maybe 2019. And so I still like distinctly remember like the kid's realization whenever he found out he did get an interview for one of these programs but he didn't check his email and he never, you know, never attended the interview. And he found out probably in April um, that this had happened and he was so devastated and he emailed them like, you know, trying to see if there was anything he could do, but it was like way too, way too late at that point. Um, and so if, if you miss the interview request, you know, that's once again, kind of on you. It's just like, if you miss the deadline for applying, there's, there's an excuse. So check spam, check your promotions folder, check your email, um, every single day. Um, or if it's your parents checking it, that's fine too. Like just make sure someone's checking it every day. Um, yeah. Don't miss anything. And I feel like just like the overall, I know we're going to get into kind of some of the changes for this year, but I think like the overarching theme is, um, like what to expect is just be flexible. Mm-hmm. They, and, and they will make decisions at the drop of a hat. They will make changes at the drop of a hat. You're not entitled to know like what these will be until they decide to announce them. Um, so just like keeping an open mind and being flexible. And I feel like so many questions and I know Lindsay and I were talking about this before we started recording, you know, students will have questions or families have questions of things that we just, we can't know, unfortunately. And I think um, a lot of our students want to know every single detail that they would ever have to know just to prepare themselves. And we do the best we can preparing our students and we have years of experience doing this, but there's always things that are going to pop up. So just keeping that open mind, keeping that flexibility, you know, I think is really what to expect (laughs) for the most part. Yes. Oh yeah. I completely agree with that. Being flexible is so important. Um, just knowing that things might happen, things might change and just, you know, rolling with like the additional essays they might send you. Um, if they want you to do something like it's, it's, it is kind of like a hoop jumping type situation. And that's, that's part of the process when they have so many applicants, they do have to kind of have kids jump through hoops a little bit so they can, they can see who's, who's committed to attending, who, you know, really is, is focused and, and mature enough to handle all those hoops too. Um, so yeah, flexibility, I think is, is key. Yeah. Completely agree about, we won't know everything. Things could change from year to year. Things do change from year to year, which we'll, I know, get into like in a moment. And so we can at least tell our students how things have been in the past, but you know, there's no guarantee it'll be the exact same process or the interview questions will be the same or or anything along those lines. So we, we know a lot, but we can't know how things are going to be, of course, until they've happened. So speaking of changes, I can go through some of the canceled programs um, because there has been some some shuffling. Um, so some of the programs that have either been canceled or suspended are going to be Albion College, um, East Carolina University, uh, North Carolina A&T, Pitzer College, which is a DO program, um, and then University of the Sciences. 
those BSMD programs have been, yeah, either canceled or suspended. And there are a couple new ones too. So LECOM, like Erie College of Osteopathic, they added a new six-year feeder program. Um, am I saying this right? I don't know if you know Almeria College. Almara. Almara. There we go. I added in a couple of vowels there. Um, and then Nova Southeastern, they already had a DO program, but they have received pro- approval for a MD, BSMD program. Um, it's pretty rigorous though. I think they've got some of the highest ACT and SAT requirements I've seen with a 35 ACT or a 1540 SAT. Um, so that one will be quite rigorous, I would think, and only I believe five seeds. And, and I'm sure there's going to be more announced in the in the next yeah. eight months. Mm-hmm. Things are changing. Yeah. And I guess like to that end too, a lot of parents will be like, well, why are these programs getting canceled? Like, are they just like not popular? Um, you know, why are things kind of moving around? And I would almost argue that maybe it's because they are super popular that maybe like the school doesn't have like the, the funding to, um, to maintain these programs and like, you know, to pay the staff, or it could be that they, um, cause it is two different entities. It's the medical school and the undergrad. And even if they are linked, even if it's, you know, for example, Boston university and Boston university, like college of medicine, there's still two different entities and maybe they have different ideas about where the program should go. Um, I know that was the issue with like Rice's program that was paired with Baylor College of Medicine. And that's ultimately why they entered their partnership last year is because they just, you know, had conflicting ideas of what they wanted the future of the program to look like, maybe the requirements or, um, you know, the length or whatever it might be, the kind of support students were offered. Um, you know, a lot of times they're not really seeing that much information, but at least for them, you know, they did have differing views of what they wanted for the program's future. Um, and so, you know, there's, it's not because they're not popular because a lot of these programs are widely popular. It could just be because it's just not fitting their, their goals anymore. Um, so yeah, yeah, to say why they're canceled. It's definitely hard to say. Um, Anything else we want to add about what to expect for the cycle? Um, I think that's kind of mostly it. You know, we're really getting to the thick of it right now. And I know you've been working hard. Um, if you're applying this cycle, you've already been working really hard already. So just keep pushing, you know, stay consistent, keep an open mind, be flexible, all the things and you'll be successful. Yeah. And if you haven't started on your essays, um, now is past the time to get started. Um, especially if you've got like those, those looming deadlines. So work hard and just make sure to get everything in early. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of White Coat Club. Don't forget to like and subscribe to get more great content about BSMD and medical school admissions.